This is Hammond and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Mm-hmm. How is your week going? Well, Hammond, it's been a rough one. No, it's been fine. We've been watching my sister-in-law's dog, who is 16 years old, and he's about 80 pounds, and so I'm just constantly checking to make sure he's still breathing, which has been stressful. Um, but he's a good boy. And then last night I cried because I couldn't decide what to have for dinner. So I'm ready for this pandemic to be over. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin with a little Nas X story, but I feel like we're legally obligated to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's the best and I love him and I would die to protect him. Um, here's some background before we get into him, uh, because part of it is, He has a new song and he's promoting it. But the other part of it, it involves his shoes. And we actually talked about this a couple of years ago because a company called Mischief, spelled with no vowels, um, Mm -hmm. they put their entire shtick is that they create things that are designed to go viral. And then like two weeks later, they just move on. Like they they put out a thing. You like it? Great. Two weeks later, mm-hmm. we're done with it. Let's just go on. So two years ago, they put out Jesus shoes, which cost three thousand dollars. <laughs> they used Nike Air Max 97s and basically customized them. And the new shoes came with a steel crucifix. They were they said they were made of 100 percent frankincense wool. It included. <laughs> It included 60 cc's of holy water from the River Jordan. I don't Mm -hmm. really know if anyone tested that out, but all right. And they were inscribed with uh, Matthew uh, chapter 14, verse 25, which is the verse where Jesus supposedly walks on water. And (laughs) it was it was amusing. It was funny. You can tell why it would go viral. And then they sold out and they're like, all right, next stunt. Let's go. (laughs) So uh, last week they with the help of rapper Little Nas X, the guy who sings Old Town Road, they released Satan Shoes, mm-hmm. um, which, again, same Nike shoes, modified this time with, quote, a drop of human blood, which the creator said, yeah, we just, like, pricked ourselves. I don't really know if they did that or they just say that, but drop of human blood, pentagrams, a reference to Luke chapter 10, verse 18, which says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Mm-hmm. The shoes are... As are, are accordingly one thousand eighteen dollars, Luke ten eighteen, <laughs> um, and they were going to sell six hundred sixty six of them. So that's that's where this is starting from. Yeah, um, it's been just a real joy watching the meltdowns happen. <laughs> it's it, this is my Super Bowl. <laughs> this so the shoes themselves would have made the conservative Christian crowd you know, furious. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they said, we designed these with little Nas X Mm -hmm. and it turned out little Nas X has a new song out. (laughs) And if you get a chance to watch the video, it (sighs) is basically, you know, this gay rapper, which he is basically uh, seducing Satan, grinding on Satan, doing many things with Satan. I Um, just want an audio book of Hemant trying to explain this video video to me <laughs> yeah um, it's got like this garden of eden thing he pole dances down to hell which is like <laughs> the way to do it you know if you're gonna um he grinds on satan in a very uh i guess just sexual way 
Um, As if there was a non-sexual way to grind on Satan. That's a fair point, Hemet. I was just trying to gather (laughs) my thoughts. Can you leave me the fuck alone? Um, No, it's just very, uh, very funny. It's very tongue-in-cheek. And not only has the reaction been exactly what you think it's going to be, like Lil Nas X, his Twitter presence is glorious. (laughs) And at one point he said something to the effect of like, I was like, like, why is everybody so worried about Satan? I thought y'all hated that guy. <laughs> like, because he's just making fun of Christians who are like, what, Satan? He's like, yeah, yeah. we... I are you trying the- to boycott me? I thought you hated cancel culture. Yeah. Oh, uh, my Governor, God. It's good. Governor Christy Nome, uh, who made news this week because she's like, this infrastructure bill doesn't just do infrastructure. It does stuff like pipes. And roads and you, shit. Hemant, oh, Hemant, you need to tell me right now. Was she like pretending she didn't understand what infrastructure was? To no, she's that dumb. Is she? She can't. Yeah. She simply can't be that dumb. No, she. Th- they see Sarah Palin and they're like, "I. That's my aspiration." Like hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah. So she wrote, "Our kids are being told that this kind of product, referring to the shoes, oh, is yes. not only okay, it's exclusive. But do you know what's more exclusive?" their God-given eternal soul. Close. Uh, We're in a fight for the soul of our nation. We need to fight hard and we need to fight smart. We have to win, says the person who's losing to the pandemic. And Lil Nas X responded with, you're a whole governor and you on here tweeting about some damn shoes? Do your job. (laughs) He's so good. Um, How old is he? He's like a little baby, isn't he? I'm pretty sure he's 12. Um, I don't actually know. When Candace, when the right-wing person candace owens lashed out at him he's like he's only 21 21 you know you did something you know you did something right when she talks about it referring to candace owens um even after greg Locke, the christian hate preacher who we've talked about many times he had a sermon where he's like i'm gonna quote exactly what he said um, referring to the song, bunch of devil worshiping, wicked nonsense, pentagram wearing on your tennis shoe, six, six, six. You think I'm going to stand for that? You've lost your mind. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for a while. What did uh, Lil Nas X say to Greg Locke? I'm sampling this. Yes. Okay. I actually sent this over to Hemant earlier this week because I don't think I've ever heard that man actually speak. I think I just oh. have read his, oh. you know what I mean? I just read the transcripts because <laughs> I do try to avoid those sort of videos for my own mental well-being. And I sent it and I, it was a genuine question as of, is this sped up or is this how fast he talks? Cause it genuinely Cause sounds talks like, like, like an auctioneer. Yeah. And he sounds like if you put like your podcast on like 1.5, <laughs> it, that's just what it sounds. It's just sort of like disconcertingly quick. And I'm a fast talker. Ask any of my <laughs> teachers or parents. They've yelled at me about it for 25 years, <laughs> but this guy, yeah, he talks like an auctioneer and I'm almost impressed that almost all the words that come out of his mouth are English or English adjacent because his mind has to be pretty quick to keep up with that running mouth. Um, for and what I guess it's what, worth. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Nike, Nike is suing. <laughs> to sh- they didn't sue over the Jesus shoes, but they're mad about the Nike shoes. Sure. Because uh, that sort of, because uh, I should say, I don't know what the legal ramifications of this are. Mischief left the swoosh on there. They didn't remove that uh, when they're customizing it. Of course, 
uh, people are like, Nike's supportive of this. Like, Nike has nothing to do with this. No, absolutely not. But uh, whatever. They're suing. I don't know if they're selling the shoes or not. I know Little Nas X was like, who wants the 666 shoe? We're doing mm-hmm. a little contest mm-hmm. only to follow up with, I can't give you the shoe anymore. <laughs> or something. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. I should say, if this was a marketing stunt for his song, it worked. Uh, his oh, yeah. song, Call Me By Your Name, is number one on Spotify as we're making mm-hmm this it is streaming like crazy on youtube so i guess thank you conservative christians for exposing kids to satan i don't know <laughs> apparently he tweeted on march 30th if call me by your name goes number one i'm buying all my followers a 12 pack of hanes socks <laughs> <laughs> oh i could actually use some socks Emmett. there you um, go this is just <laughs> great everything about it is good and great Mostly because he knows he's trolling everybody and he's leaning leaning into it and he's not Mm -hmm. backing down because it's working as planned because it's not a surprise that conservatives lashed out against this because, of course, they would. That's what they do. And he knew it and he's throwing shade at them on Twitter. And Mm -hmm. like this was so easily planned from the start. Um, I should say, like, you know what I thought of a while back? Remember when the South Park movie came out? I know they did this on their episodes, but, like, they had Saddam Hussein sleeping with Satan. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. But it wasn't nearly as, like, that one was, I don't remember if people got as angry then, but it was like, well, obviously this is a joke, but this time they're like, no, how dare you? No, they were gyrate on Satan. My entire child, what what year did... South Park start because I feel like my, enchi- my um, entire childhood a sophomore in high school that would have been okay. like 97 or 98 okay yeah yeah so I'm okay. so yeah it came out when I was in junior high then and I feel like my entire childhood was defined by adults telling me how bad South Park was oh, which yeah. in, hindsight, in hindsight I do have thoughts on how South Park sort of made it cool to not care about anything and anybody caring about anything no matter what it is is deeply uncool and therefore worthy of of shame. So, like, I do have thoughts on maybe South Park did kind of fuck up kids in a way, but I don't think it was because they saw Satan in a bed with Saddam Hussein or that one episode where they said shit or fuck like 60 times. Oh, yeah, that was funny. That obviously didn't affect me in my fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> um, go Little Nas, I guess. Yeah. Go Montero. Nah. Honestly, it's pretty funny because. I, I I guess I'm not sure what the Christians are especially mad at, re the video, because it's not like he was grinding up on their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like I thought, like, he, like little Nas X himself said, like, I thought we all decided we didn't like Satan. So isn't me. I thought you decided gay people were going to hell. So yeah, exactly. So like, are you mad that I'm embracing that? Are you <laughs> mad that I'm not? I mean, I think it's just. It's just this guy, this basically a kid who has embraced his sexuality and uses it to make money and is rejecting the fact that like being gay or like playing with gender roles is something that is something, you know, something that's bad. I think that's what they hate about him. He's not ashamed of being gay. He's mm -hmm. not fearful of Satan. He Mm -hmm. just jokes about it all, which 
is not a unique thought for so many younger people. And that frightens the hell out of conservative Christians whose entire thing is you should be ashamed. You should be scared. And everyone knows they're just full of it. Yeah. And I personally, like, I think it's so fun to see, like, people play with gender fluidity and what gender means to them. I think it's amazing. And I really and truly think that having like a young black man who's a rapper who had like, who is good at what he does and is extraordinarily popular. And then he came out as gay. All of a sudden, you know, young like queer kids of color have a role model they can look look to who's not a punchline who is like making extremely successful music and i i think his one awards i don't really pay attention but like this is great like this is all great news i love this kid i am going to support him <laughs> by following him on twitter i guess i don't know i don't yeah. know what else in particular because i cannot afford those shoes i'm sorry <laughs> i do want them <laughs> Uh, let's talk about this raffle that happened. Oh, this wait, is sorry, such a, I have one yeah. more, I'm sorry. I have one more thing about this is like, I saw a few places online of people being like, Oh, this blood is being wasted by being put in shoes. And the irony is like, Oh my God. Well, okay. No, no, no. First of all, that is what we call concern trolling in the business. But second of all, the irony is that as a gay man, little Nas X, can't donate blood to the American <laughs> Red Cross. So, like, if he made a full statement and said, oh, that would be such a good art piece of, like, just donating blood and then, like, using it on stupid art projects and be like, I w- I'm donating this blood and you won't take it, so I'm going to use it for something dumb and weird. I would love that, and maybe it would draw enough attention to the fact that the Red Cross still doesn't accept um, blood from gay men and f- like when I donate I have to say that I have not had sex with a man who's ever had sex with another man which is a lot which is weird because uh, I feel like we've talked about this before but in other countries they have different rules about how they take blood and what mm-hmm. the time you have to wait is and some countries are like no there's we, we all check the blood anyway yeah, they always ch- test <laughs> so, the blood so it's fine but and they keep leaving have- me voicemails about how much they need my blood and like there's, dr- there's an untapped population, bud. A drop of blood in a shoe, mm-hmm. which I can't even verify. Like, I, it's homeopathic in a sense. Like, right, exactly. you don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, that's not the blood you need in the blood bank. But, Ugh. okay, let's talk about this raffle in Pennsylvania. I didn't, this was not some huge news story, but I saw this and I'm, I, even I was shocked by how far they went here. There's okay, a church in Uniontown, Uniontown, Pennsylvania called Bethel Baptist Church. Bethel is a super conservative brand. Baptist is Baptist. And so I guess what they did at this church is they have a guy who comes in every year and he's a guy who loves to shoot wild animals, wild game, rabbit, mm-hmm. wild pig, squirrel, raccoon. I'm vegetarian. I don't understand the difference or the enjoyment people get out of this but whatever i'll hold off my judgment there but he brags i used to live in a community where hunting was very much a way of life and i have no real no problem really no problem with you know general hunting as they're doing it i do have a problem with big game hunters but that is another thing for another time i don't don't have a, a moral opposition to hunting at all okay so this guy's bragging about wild game and i guess everyone who uh pays for a ticket 
will mm-hmm. get served wild game at this church event. All right, okay. whatever. Sure. And, at the, and this guy does it every year. And he gives a sermon about Jesus while he's at it. I don't know what the connection is, but all right. And at the end of this night, they have a raffle where they're giving away a bunch of things. One of the items this year at the raffle was we'll give you a $200 voucher toward a fishing trip that is scheduled for this summer in Canada, which would be led by the guest pastor, whose name is Dan Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, I, I'm organizing this trip. We'll give you 200 bucks for you to come with. And I guess they shoot rabbits or whatever it is they do. Okay. Okay, fine. So there is a woman there named Emmy who has gone to this dinner for many years with her father. And so she's like, oh, yeah, I would totally go on that trip. So mm-hmm. she put in the $10 raffle ticket. She purchased a ticket or something to, to win that prize. And I guess the deal is, like, you can go for the regular low-budget raffle events or you can put your ticket in the big hat for the, mm. the fishing trip or whatever. So she's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll take my chances on the big trip. Let's do it. Uh-huh. So they're, they're giving away like two of these vouchers, I guess. So the pastor of the church reaches in the hat and the first person who gets selected is some other woman. And everyone claps and claps. And then they say, sorry, woman, you're not eligible. Because because you have lady parts. Then yes, I'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, uh, The pastor immediately. This is according to uh, what she wrote. Emmy wrote on Facebook. Other woman wins. Pastor says to her, this is a man's trip. A man's only trip. Sorry, ladies. So first woman doesn't win it. Second name he pulls out of the hat. Emmys. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's not eligible either. And so at home that night, she writes on Facebook how frustrated she is. She said, here's a quote from her Facebook post. I paid my $10 just like every man, but don't have the same privileges. I have hunted and fished with many men in my lifetime and have been treated with respect while in the field. Would this not be the same case if I attended the church fishing event? Mm -hmm. And so she was just kind of pissed off that she won the raffle fair and square. They said, sorry, we're not giving it to you there's no lawsuit here it's a church it's not some right. you know business it's not legally binding <laughs> no but basically the church responded on facebook i think she posted this someone leaked it to a local news station did you see this woman's facebook post the uh-huh. news station's like woman doesn't win raffle prize at church and so the church felt obligated to respond after that initial burst of publicity here's uh-huh. what the church said in response to why ladies weren't invited to this thing and you I'm gotta so you gotta love this Living in the days of sexual scandals and accusations, Uh many pastors, including Uh myself, take the personal position that we will not put ourselves in a position that could bring about a false accusation and thus bring a multitude of problems, hence why he personally offered them the raffle for men only. It was a matter of personal standards and protection, Mm -hmm. and there was no intent of discrimination. Oh, well... So he's citing the Billy Graham rule or the Mike Pence rule, Mm -hmm. uh, basically saying, if you're a man, do not be alone with a woman who is not your wife, because who knows what she'll accuse you of. And also, mind you, it's not a one-on-one tutoring fishing session. This is like you're on a boat with like four guys and apparently (laughs) one woman, and they're all afraid she's going to accuse them of raping her or something Uh falsely. Um, And also, the church wants you to know, we don't discriminate. We just can't have women, you know, 
doing woman things on our boat, like accusing us of sexual we just, abuse. We don't discriminate. We just discriminate, you know? Yeah. Um, this is not part of the story, by the way, but during that sermon, mm-hmm. uh, it, it has nothing to do with the raffle, but here's a line from the pastor who delivered that sermon. He showed a picture of one of these fishing trips and there was a black man holding like a fish next to the pastor. And he says, Haha, you can't see him. He's a black man. So he hides in the shadows real easy. You know what I'm trying to say? Everyone laughs. Oh. That was a real line in the sermon. Hey. Anyway, had nothing to do with the raffle, but are um, any conservatives funny? No, <laughs> oh, no. Wait, aren't they starting a new, like, Fox? Yes, uh, they are. Greg Gutfeld gonna... is starting at 11 p.m., like, oh, hilarious it's... conservative talk show. Oh, my God. Can we watch it and, like, live tweet it? Dear, I no, I watch enough Fox News during the day <laughs> that I cannot watch their attempt at being funny when everything they do seriously is also funny. For yeah, that's reasons. fair. Um, but anyway, like, here's, okay, I was going back and forth over how bad do I feel for this woman. By the way, I should say, the church has now deleted that post from their church's uh, Facebook page, the one where they said, uh, she's going to accuse everyone of rape. And the woman has deleted her post, which I will not take credit for, but I'm pretty sure that happened after I wrote about it. Whoops, Uh, doodle. Whoops. But here's what I can't understand. Um, How bad should we feel for her not realizing that her church like doesn't like women or treats women like that. Cause to me, I'm like, well, yeah, of course they wouldn't invite you on the trip. Why are you the only person surprised by this, by the fact that a Baptist church with the name Bethel happens to be sexist? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's like a gay person saying, I went to my evangelical church. They said some really homophobic and transphobic stuff. I cannot believe it. It's like, well, yeah, that's what they do. Are you yeah. shocked by this? It's definitely the whole, what is it, the scorpion and the frog thing of, do you know that parable? I can't remember it. Oh, God damn it. Okay, essentially it's, oh, I hope I got this right. A frog has to cross a stream and a scorpion says, hey, give me a ride. And the frog says, no, you'll sting me. And the scorpion is like, why would I sting you? If I sting you, you will both drown. So oh. it'll be fine. And so the frog agrees, starts swimming. It might not be a frog. Starts swimming across the river and midway through the scorpion stings him. And he's like, and as they're both drowning, he says, how come you stung me? He said, I'm a scorpion. That's what we do. Yeah. It's leopards based- ate my face. Right. Exactly. Says the person who voted for the leopards ate my face party, whatever that joke is. No, you um, nailed it. Your comic you. timing is incredible. I'll be on Fox news soon. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know if I should feel bad. Like I feel bad that she went through that. I appreciate that. She bared her soul on Facebook to say how frustrated she was, but also I'm reading that and I'm like, well, yeah, that is what they do. They feel this way about women. I don't know why it took you this long to figure that out. I'm sorry you have to figure it out this way. But also, yeah, I mean. mm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel of, yeah, of course, like this is what's going to happen. But also, you know, people are very naive and they think that uh, they think that when men are discriminatory against women, it's not me, a woman. It is, (laughs) you know, you know what I mean? The harlots. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, it's not, I, like, I'm one of the good one type thing. And, and unfortunately, and this is really at the root of conservatism, unfortunately, people tend to not believe that discrimination happens until it 
happens to them personally and only then, which is why like racism is such a problem in the country. It will be funny when like Georgia's voting the the let's stop black people from voting laws uh-huh, are uh-huh. going to stop some white people from voting. And uh, yeah. I don't think none of those people seem to realize that the voter suppression laws will affect Republican voters too. And black people in Georgia, especially as we saw during the Senate race, are really good at organizing and getting uh-huh. pissed off and voting. Yep. Um as much as that law should be like rescinded or overturned, like they're also Republicans will hopefully get payback for it. Yeah, I'm hoping so, because that's pretty bad. There was a little bit of interesting, maybe good news. Um, I, good is a question I'm debating, but there's a Gallup poll out this week that's that actually they ask people, do you happen to be a member of a church, synagogue or mosque? And the answer in 2020, based the latest numbers we have, put it at 47%. First time we've ever seen it dip below 50. It's a trend line that has been getting steeper and downward, looks like a hockey stick Uh like toward the end of it. It's getting lower and lower, and again, lower than 50% for the first time. And according to Gallup, they said the decline in church membership is primarily a function of the increasing number of Americans who express no religious preference. Mm -hmm. So, like, these people are not going to church, coinciding with more Americans are saying, I don't belong to any organized religion. Right. So, interesting numbers. I should say, like... Gallup doesn't get into why is this happening. Analyzing it isn't really their job. Their job is reporting on the numbers. Um, But let me add a couple more numbers while we're at it. There was a decline in church membership every single demographic they sliced this up into. For example, Republicans compared to a decade ago, they like there was a drop in 12% from 75% attended church 10 years ago to 65 now. They dropped 12%. Conservatives dropped 14%. People um, who are Catholic dropped 18%. I mean, you could do this for every demographic. It went down. And I should say, this is not because of COVID. This is a trend that just seems to be continuing. They wrote that while it's possible that part of the decline seen in 2020 was temporary and related to the coronavirus pandemic, continued decline in future decades seems inevitable. Um, And I don't, here's where I got like hesitant for a second. This is not, I don't think, because atheists are doing anything. It's not, it's no, the it's same directly reason. because of this podcast, and that's why yeah, we're retiring right. after this week. <laughs> it's not just like, when we say the nuns are rising, that's not like they're joining atheist groups or anything. There's just right. people fed up with organized religion who are not mm. suddenly losing faith in God necessarily. So, I mean, there's a number of things I could cite off the top of my head for thing reasons that you might see a decline in people going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, the right-wing politicization of many prominent churches and entire mm-hmm. denominations. And if you don't like Trump, then you don't want to be part of a church that has no qualms about supporting his agenda. The consistent bigotry against LGBTQ people from a lot of churches, not all, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them. The sex abuse scandals, not just in the Catholic church, but the Baptist uh, denomination, um, other ones, the treatment of women, like Mm -hmm. the raffle, Uh, the abundance of resources that are out there for people questioning their faith or leaving their faith. And I think the, I 
think the fact that more Americans know people who are not part of any organized religion and living their best life and realizing mm-hmm. we're not monsters, like when you know people who are not religious and they're all fine and you like mm-hmm. them, it's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem bad. So Yeah, and I think what's interesting is the... Um, <sighs> The thing that a lot of people have said keeps them in the church is also, I think, reasons that church is declining. So I think a lot of it had to do with like com- a sense of community and childcare yeah. and all that stuff. And the advent of the internet, the advent, uh, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, it is easier to find community. It is easier to find community in ways that don't require you belonging to a church. Exactly. So if you have stayed at church because, you know, habit or you like the people or whatever, you know, eventually that kind of thing isn't going to stick. And if the religious aspect isn't keeping you coming week after week, then yeah, like it seems a pretty logical thing to just be able to peel off yeah i i don't think we've plateaued yet i don't think that number 47 percent is as low as it's going to get it's going to keep going lower and again the more conservative religious people keep doing whatever it is they do right um no matter what progressive christians and progressive groups who are religious do i think you're going to see them push more people out of any church um, church community. Cause again, why would you want to be a part of a group that does so many awful things and there's right. no shortage of awful things that they do? Well, and what I'm curious to see and, and sort of this number is coming in at an interesting time when we're seeing that fewer and fewer people are actually voting for conservatives, but they are still clinging to power. Um, and so when we see numbers that say, you know, the uh, X amount of people are religious or whatever, and that's why we need to leave the, lead this country in a religious way. It's sort of harder to make that argument when fewer than half pe- half of the people in the country belong to a church, if that makes sense. So I'm very curious mm-hmm. if this is just going to galvanize them even more and make, like, I, they must see the writing on the wall, right? Because, like, this is just another domino in the series of dominoes god that was a bad metaphor of, no, you know of, what's of happening losing- I, I don't think that's happening because i think like the greg Locke churches the ones that are hard right trump loving type of churches oh. i think they galvanize this community of radical right-wing christians and they bring them all in and those churches are weirdly enough doing fine as in they're growing larger because oh. where else are those people gonna go it's mm. the ones that are just like they might have said we are catering to a larger group of people, but mm-hmm. then they take this hard right turn. Those are the ones losing the the moderates, the progressives, the churches that don't take any stance. Like we don't see race. We don't talk about race and just right. are unequipped to deal with these challenges. They're the ones losing it. But the ones that are just hardcore, this is what we stand for. We just hate everything and we want to make the world a worse place. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're pretty blunt about what it is they stand for. Sure. Those churches are fewer in number, but growing. So I don't think they realize they're losing anybody because they, in their world, everything's great. Uh, so I don't sense. know. I don't know. Um, I wanted to raise this one to you, especially because you like baseball like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the setup. Pretend there was this high school phenom who was amazing 
uh, and still kind of figuring out what position he ought to play because he could do anything. Uh-huh. And your team, whatever it is, wants to draft him. But here's the catch. You, like, you could see the writing on the wall. He's going to be really good in a few years. Uh-huh. He refuses to play on Friday night or Saturday afternoon, which there are games scheduled for those days. Uh-huh. What do you do with that talent? Do you say... Eh, there will be other players who are good and available to us at all times. He's not a pitcher, by the way. This is a position player. Okay. Um, but what do you do with him? Do you say, I'm not going to waste my time on a player who's not even available to me two days a week? Or do you say, eh, when we can have him, he's going to be worth it? That's the situation. Okay. I don't know if you have immediate thoughts on that. I'll fill in the blanks in a second. I almost always have immediate thoughts on everything. Um, okay, so a couple of things. So the, if people don't follow baseball or whatever, um, it's important to understand that baseball games happen basically six days a week. And there's, I, I think usually they have one day off, but there's a floating day. So it's not like football that's always played on Sundays or mm-hmm. Monday nights or whatever. It, it's a game that is played every day of the week. Um, so I think that's important to, to note. This isn't like a game, a weekly game. This is something that, you know, for five months out of the year, they're playing every single day. So it's yeah. important to, to, to give that, uh, relevance. Um, to me, and the way I kind of approach team sports, it's more problematic that a player is uh, making demands like that that I don't think are reasonable. Um, I assume that it's going to be that he's religious in some way and you won't, whether it's Judaism that he can't work on the Sabbath or whatever. That's exactly um, what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would be more inclined to pass on this person because it kind of hamstrings you a little bit as a coach because you know baseball is kind of a a chess game because like I said you play you know you play six or seven games a week and so you need to give people breaks and I think adding that into it of like okay so you know they can only we're only gonna let them play five days a week and then this guy is completely out for and like what happens when the fucking world series happens or a playoff game or an especially important game happens and it falls on a friday like you losing your position player whether it's you know your your first base and like those position players are generally pretty static they tend to play their one position there's journeymen of course but like yeah i am I right, my, tell me my, if anything tell me if anything changes I'll fill in some blanks here okay okay so this kid basically uh he is orthodox Jewish um I'm not ex- he's specifically he's Shomer Shabbat which means he won't play baseball starting Friday evening lasting mm-hmm. through sunset on Saturday because on the Sabbath you're not supposed to do anything creative or anything like that mm-hmm. uh his name is Ellie or Eli Kligman, E-L-I-E. Also 25 hours where he's not going to do anything. And he said, I'm going to quote from a New York Times article about him because it's an interesting story. He said, even if a big league team were to offer Kligman a $10 million signing bonus with the promise that he'll be playing later this summer in front of 40,000 people, provided he agrees to play on the Sabbath, he insists he would stand firm in his conviction. No, Kligman said when asked if he could be enticed to break his religious obligations. The day That day of Shabbos is for God. I'm not going to change that. Okay, so what they're trying to do with him is they're training him to become a catcher because catchers don't play every single day. Uh-huh. Um, 
as opposed to a pitcher who's part of a rotation, you could have a catcher play a few games at a time and then take a longer break. You could theoretically sure. schedule him off of those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could make it so that if you make it professional, your days off could be set for those two days. Um, now, a couple things to keep in mind. Sandy Koufax, the famous pitcher, famously did not play in a World Series game that conflicted with the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a case a century ago uh, where a player refused to play every week. Sandy Koufax was just a one day I'm not going to pitch on this Sabbath day during the World Series uh, one game. There was a player a long time ago who was like, nope, every week I'm not going to play. But that's a long time ago. Different situation, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, here's a situation where the player himself is saying this isn't religious discrimination they're gonna either take me or not take me because of like you all know where i stand on this already and so you know what if you want me this badly like you're taking me with the understanding where i'm not gonna play on those days so it's up to the teams how they might handle that or not and i should say He's in high school. There are a lot of great players in high school who get to the college level where it's more intense and they're not as good or at least they're not as competitive as other college players. So who knows if he'll even be capable of a professional career. But if he is, that's something that teams will have to keep in mind. But this is not religious discrimination. This might be a case of if you are good enough. And there's no shortage of really good players like you have to be a LeBron type player to have um something like this well, that kind of demand to you that kind of demand as a rookie is is yeah. i don't know and, and like you said like how good do you have to be for right. your i'm not playing on two days to yeah. come back and hurt you because if you're really good maybe they'll say you know what we'll deal with that yeah and I, and it's not i don't have it if a, if a ball club chooses to bring him on and decide that that's a risk they're willing to take, I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with him asking for that. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what the reason, like if you are going to work somewhere professionally, you have every right to make, you know, the demands to, to make yourself happier and more comfortable. And if that is religious in nature, so be it. But Major League Baseball is a private organization. They're allowed Mm -hmm. to set their own rules on this stuff. This is not like a lawsuit in the making. This is just a, this guy knows he has baggage. I I use that word loosely. And teams will have to decide. Now, one thing I also thought about is we've talked about Chick-fil-A trying to get stores in airports. Mm -hmm. And airports can say yes or no uh, because they want to make money. They don't really, forget the politics of Chick-fil-A and its anti-gay founders. But... If the game is we want to make money, Chick-fil-A famously will not open on Sundays. Mm -hmm. But so you might think, well, if you're an airport, Sunday's a busy day. You're not going to want Chick-fil-A because they're not going to make you money on a Sunday. Right. But as people have said, one airport administrator in an article from a few years ago said they make the revenue in six days that some of our units don't make in seven. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Chick-fil-A is going to be closed on Sunday isn't a deal breaker because they make more money than other restaurants that are open seven days. So like if it's only financial here, Mm -hmm. or if you're only looking for a good baseball player who can contribute to the team when he's playing, maybe, maybe the baggage isn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think like if you're not, if you're just as good as other good players, I don't know why they would take a chance on this. If he's better and he turns out to be as good as they might predict him to be. Right. Then this may be an interesting thing to think about years down the line. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Interesting article, interesting discussion. 
Yeah, I'm actually surprised that doesn't come up more frequently, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's not a ton of, like, openly, like, Orthodox Jewish players who are deeply, devoutly religious who might even have that problem. But, yeah, it's surprising that they haven't seen that many more conflicts about this thing. I should say, there is a difference between, let's say, because we've seen stories about this, high school or college athletes who say, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play on this day, and they ask for accommodations mm-hmm. and sometimes they get them sometimes they don't mm-hmm. i know in high school there are players who are like i can't play on friday night but if there's a state tournament that's scheduled in advance they can't change that necessarily sometimes mm-hmm. they can and they try to accommodate or you're a evangelical player who happens to be having to wrestle a girl because right. they let a girl wrestle because that's what they decided to do and the boys are like well i refuse to do it good then you forfeit she wins like that's your loss i mean there are different ways of handling all of this stuff. He's not asking, Kligman in this case, is not asking for special treatment. He's just saying, take me as I am or mm-hmm. don't. I mean, if I'm not good enough, it won't matter anyway. So, yeah. And I, you know, respect that he sticks to his convictions, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting story. <laughs> it almost feels like one of those, like, uh, the, what's the train track question or whatever, like the just trolley like, problem, the trolley problem. Thank you. Just like, it's sort it feels like a hypothetical, like thing that uses, that just makes you think about morals and what's right and wrong. I don't know. I think that's, I, I'm curious. I, I hope we, uh, we hear more and see what happens there. Yeah. All right. That seems like a good segue to this story. Um, there is a private Christian school in Tennessee called Lee university. Um, We don't really talk about them in terms of they did something scandalous. It's not that type of school. But recently, they invited someone to speak either at the school or virtually, I can't tell. But they invited basically a local, I'm sorry, the the head of Iowa's Center for Faith, Sexuality, and Gender. His name is Dr. Dr. Preston Sprinkle. That's his name. Yep. Nope. We're going to move on from that one. Okay. Okay. So they invited him to speak. Basically, he is a Christian who talks about the intersection of LGBTQ people, Christianity, their brand of Christianity, I should say. They figured he would be the right person to speak about faith and LGBTQ issues. Uh So he gets there and he actually gives, for all intents and purposes, a fine talk. I know we would cringe at it, but we're not the intended audience. But like, here's an example of what he said. He said, like, we have to treat LGBTQ people with respect. I mean, I know this is him talking like I know a trans person who left the church feeling they were not welcome there. Mm -hmm. But because of love that person received from a pastor, the trans person returned to the church. And isn't that a good thing? And that's what Mm -hmm. we want. So part of me is like that that person's worth isn't dependent on whether they're part of your church um, or whether they're sufficiently Christian. But again, I'm not the audience. But the school had a problem with that statement and some of the other stuff. He said, what do you think their problem was with that story I just told you? It was probably pro-trans rights and they're afraid of trans people. Close. Yeah, I think the fact that he basically alluded to a trans person without saying there's something wrong with being trans. Right. That was their problem with it. Okay. Yeah, that's... He never said being trans is a problem. Yeah, he didn't start with, like, there's a trans person. Obviously, we all know that that's a horrible thing and the worst <laughs> thing that anybody could ever do. But right. anyway, this trans he person. 
He didn't say that. He never said same-sex marriage or sexual relationships between people of the same gender were sins. He talked about Mm -hmm. compassion, but never about how, like, LGBTQ people need to suffer for an eternal hellfire. So here's Never that their version of compassion is just, like, saying you're going to hell. Like, what? This is me being kind. Yeah. Yeah. And here's how bad it got. After he was done speaking, like a week or so later, the Church of God, which is the Pentecostal denomination with which Lee University is affiliated, they put out a press release basically condemning the talk. They said during his presentation, Dr. Sprinkle addressed sexual orientation and homosexuality in a manner that was contrary to scripture, Church of God doctrine and teachings. The beliefs and commitments of the Church of God are our non-negotiables and should be clearly taught based upon the authority of Scripture. Sounds like somebody should have vetted this dude, huh? (laughs) It got so bad, the university's president sent out a letter to the school apologizing for inviting this guy. Oh, Um, my God. I'm quoting from his letter. Further, recognizing that Dr. Sprinkle's articulation of repentance was somewhat ambiguous... I also affirm that Lee's position on repentance is that we have all sinned, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Basically, he said, when our invited chapel speakers miss the mark, Uh we want to bring better clarity and understanding. And then during the next chapel service, he literally apologized to the students on stage. No! He said, if I claim to truly love you, and I know that what you're entering into, the choices you're making, are going to bring hurt and harm and damage to your life, but I don't warn you or tell you, I don't really love you. So... That, well, that was a real sucks. thing that happened. That was a real roller coaster. I thought we were going to get a little hero out of this, like a pro-trans yeah. Christian Christian guy. Yeah, I don't think Sprinkle has said anything publicly about this after the fact, um, or at least I haven't seen it. Uh, when the Chattanooga Times Free Press reported on this, they did say that a bunch of graduates of Lee University, and we go right back to the woman who didn't win the raffle, a bunch mm-hmm. of alums of Lee University basically signed a petition saying like uh, they they created a petition calling on Lee University's administration to recognize the danger posed to marginalized students. They're basically saying, wow. how dare you act this way? And again, part of me is like, how do you not know what your school stands for or what the Church of God stands for? Like, they're bigots. You went to the school. Like, how are you surprised by this? It's like a Liberty University student saying, what? I didn't know my school could be anti-gay. Like, it's in the it's in the yeah. policy. Yeah. You signed it. It's a feature, um, not a bug. I, yeah. I get it. I, I understand what you're saying, and I don't think you're wrong. But I don't think there's anything wrong with fighting for justice within your community. I, I think that's something to be respected. I would feel better about that if they literally said, we know where we go. We know what Lee University stands for. We yeah, have I like, guess right. since we have since changed our minds and we don't think we you know what? This is a non-negotiable for us now. We don't like the sure. way our former church or our current church treats LGBTQ. That would make me feel different. But the, they act like this is all news to them. The fact that their church is a bigoted institution and their college was a place where LGBTQ people were treated as people needing to be fixed. Sure. Like, well, I'm surprised by that. I know, but I, uh, but also we as a society have progressed very quickly in the last few years in terms of like gay acceptance and trans rights and things like that. And obviously we have 
very, 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 very far to go. But like 10 years ago, trans rights weren't something that we were necessarily really talking about because we were yeah, kind fair. of ignorant me, as a society. Uh, me and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like a lot of us, us were We, like, I didn't know much about trans, uh, about anything about No, that's, that's tra- what I'm saying. Community. People like us who would have thought of ourselves as progressives wouldn't have right. thought about it a lot. It wasn't on our radar. Obviously, there were activists who were thinking about it, talking about it. There are obviously trans yeah, people, course. too. We were the ignorant ones, right. and hopefully we're better about it now. But you're right. right, so maybe they didn't know about that, but I don't know. Part of me still sees a letter like that and it's like well they were like this against gay people too where were you then you went to this school voluntarily some of you at least sure yeah i don't know i listen any anybody fighting for you know accepting our trans siblings is good in my book yeah like that is a little bit of like it's it says what it did on the tin like it's doing (laughs) the exact right thing for what it told you it was gonna do but like I respect, you know, like the the acceptance of gay marriage in the last ten years has been like bananas. It's we we haven't seen this sort of like sweeping change of a of a group in ever probably. So like, I think people have become more progressive in the last ten years and sort of assume everyone's shifted like. It's it's like every time somebody um, every time a, a politician or something happens with like anti-abortion stuff, my mom my, my mom who's kind of politically neutral is like, wait, why are we doing this? I thought we solved it, and I feel like that's sort of like what people are doing. I'm like, wait, we're still talking about gay rights? Like, what the? F- I thought we all decided collectively that we were going to move forward because gay people are people and deserve rights. Like, it, that's to me what it feels like. Of like, oh, you're still anti-gay? I thought we all. Just I thought moved we on finished you off a while ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> moved on to other. Nope. Yeah. Uh, here's the flip side of that. Here's a happier story. Oh, good. Uh, we've talked before about this right wing pastor named Rick Joyner. He's the head of a place called Morning Star Ministries. He's one of those radical right wing Christians. He said Christians need to prepare for a civil war. Yep. He said racism was nearly defeated until Barack Obama was elected. Then it made everything worse. You hate to see it. Yeah, he said natural disasters occur because Americans kicked God out of schools. He's one of those types. Mm-hmm. Um, last week in the New York Times, Nicholas Kristof, the uh, columnist, op-ed columnist, he spoke with Rick Joyner's five adult children. And I did not know this about Rick Joyner. All five of his kids deplore his politics and none of them identify as evangelical really yeah and they're all our age like late 30s mid 30s uh-huh. uh, give or take but one of them uh, anna jane joiner said he talks about democrats being evil forgetting that all five of his kids vote democratic oh <laughs> Who's, wow who is he? She added, who is he asking his followers to take up arms against? Liberal activists? That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I Um, love shit like this. I know. All of his kids basically had lines like that in the piece where they're just like, he's my dad. I love him. He's the person I call if things are not going well, but also he's batshit insane. Um, And we don't stand for his, his radical Christianity. And again... They're adults. He can't really do anything about it. They right. have their own lives at this point. Right. Um, some of them see it as their duty to try to help him, but it's not really going to change. So you can't hold it against them for uh, not being able to change his mind. They're sure. trying. Um, I also wanted to point out, we didn't talk about this before. We've also talked about preacher John Piper, who has said uh, people 
who catch COVID do it because uh, people catch COVID because God wanted to punish their sinful attitudes and actions. He said that last year. Did he get he COVID? Said, uh, um, I can't remember. I think uh, he may have. I thought that's um, where this is going. <laughs> His ministry has said God can cure any mental health problems. Like, they say a lot of problematic stuff. Well, mm-hmm. John Piper has a son named Abraham Piper, who has a lot of followers on TikTok, and he's super critical of his father's Christianity. Oh, I think um, I've seen this guy. Does he have, like, longish hair and he walks outside? Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> he he also says, like, he does a lot of riffing on the problems with Christian culture and mm-hmm. things he learned that, that kind of brainwashed him growing up that he's now broken free from. Uh-huh. But uh, he's at Abraham Piper on TikTok if you're looking for his videos. They're wonderful. Um, and it's kind of nice to see the kids of these radical right-wing people basically come to the position where they're actively working against whatever their parents are preaching, if not their mm-hmm. parents themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it shows you there is hope on the other side. Here's the difference, I think, to me, between people like Abraham Piper and the kids of Rick Joyner who acknowledge the problems with their parents' perspectives, and they're actively using their platforms, whatever they have, or whatever they've created. They weren't given any platform. Sure. Um, to speak out against what their parents do versus those students, the alums of like Lee university who like, I don't see them actively saying, no, the problems with our faith are wrong. The Mm -hmm. teachings were wrong. They're like, no, you've just taken this issue too far. And we want you to pull back a little bit. Right. I don't know that to me. I don't think those alums are going hard enough. Whereas Mm -hmm. these preachers, kids are like, no, I know what they did to me. I know the problems my parent my dad caused yeah. and they're doing that. Um, I should say one uh, Nicholas Kristoff in the times did not put this in the article, but he did mention it in the comments to the piece. He said, Anna Jane Joyner told me something that I wanted to include, but just ran out of space. She said that she hears urban liberals say, we just need to have coffee with Trump voters and we can win them over. Mm-hmm. I've been doing that my whole life. And I haven't won my dad over, she said. Mm -hmm. I'm all for having a coffee with people one profoundly disagrees with, but I have no illusions about changing people's minds. And I think that's a really interesting point to make. Like, I always hear like right wing people online, like debate me, AOC, you know, and it's like a a debate's not going to cut it. Sometimes (sighs) there are people you just can't reason with. Right. And what I'm hearing this joiner daughter say is, look, I've tried that. He is not capable of reasoning here. You're not going to win them over by talking sense into them. Sometimes you just have to cut your losses Mm -hmm. and move on. And I think that's a valid point. I feel like that's a direction I've gone to where I'm not wasting my time debating religion with religious people. I'm not trying to talk people out of their faith. If they come to me and they want to talk about, not debate, but they want to talk about it. All right. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. But like, I actively don't enjoy or seek out those conversations because like, I don't have any evidence that certain people are reasonable. It's also the same. I know we've done in the past on this podcast, even where we've, invited people we've interviewed people spoken to them people Mm -hmm. who we strongly disagree with Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons i think i've personally cut back on that and don't find as much joy in it is if i don't think there are people capable of changing their minds i don't really want to waste anyone's time i don't want to waste my own time talking to them right so um, yeah I, i agree with you i'm sort of I don't know like i obviously love a good debate and i like to yell at people but if you 
it's generally not worth it. If and and the thing is, like most people find it very distressing and stressful. So like it's definitely not worth it if you don't enjoy this kind of debate. I don't know. And um, which reminds me, by the way, um, thank you. We got really nice feedback about my interview with my dad, which was partially a little bit of this of, you know, is there anything you can say to a Republican, a Trump supporter, et cetera, that might help them see the light? And what my dad said and what I agree with is no, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which is just stressing. But like, it's kind of better off like, okay, this is the way this person is. Now I decide what to do with that information, right? Yeah, I've heard people say this about Biden's infrastructure bill, which is Mitch McConnell said this week, oh, what, $2 trillion? We are not negotiating on this. That is too high, whatever. And the reaction is, good. I'm glad you said that. It means we Democrats don't have to waste their time trying to water down this bill to get Republican votes that are never going to come. Like, go deal with Joe Manchin. And that we don't need anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Go deal with Joe Manchin to make sure he's on board. But otherwise, good. Don't waste your time with them. They're incapable of handling this. Right. So just don't waste your time trying to be bipartisan. That is not a virtue. Right. Um, And I like that Joe Biden understands that mm-hmm. it seems like it more so than a lot of stuff well, he, i've seen democrats do in the he fact. went through all of it with obama too of just yeah you try to be bipartisan they're not going to come along for the ride they're just trying to stop you yeah it, it, they're not saying oh we're not going to sign this because of we genuinely don't believe it's a good bill they're not going to sign it to try to fuck you over and like that's not a way to govern a country when they yeah. when they literally was it mitch mcconnell who said that his goal was to make obama, obama one term yeah like yeah yeah you said the quiet part out loud and so now we know that you are not arguing in good faith you are arguing to be an obstructionist and and even with someone like susan collins for the covid relief bill who actively said let's basically cut this down to a third of what you want and they basically said no we're not negotiating that way Mm -hmm. and they cut her out of the bill basically and she had no say in it and we're all better off when you just ignore everything susan collins says yeah that's that's a good rule of thumb for life same with religion. Um, yes. I had... Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I wanted to talk about... So, sometimes I have weird moments of uh, hearing about people discuss their faith and, like, how important Catholicism was for them. And, you know, I kind of get softened to the idea that, like, listen, people draw strength from this. Maybe it's not all bad. Um, and then I read a story and am reminded, yeah, the whole uh, the whole church, they're monsters, toe to tip. Um, so in 2019, the um, the National Suicide Hotline Designation Act um, was trying to be pushed through that would give basically establish a suicide hotline. So people who um, are feeling lost and, and feeling like they might choose to end their life, um, some they can call somebody and, and get help. In 2019, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops stood against the creation. And why? Because it would include LGBTQ resources. So if a kid said... So their argument is, we don't support this bill for a suicide hotline because it'll also help mm-hmm. LGBTQ kids. That's mm-hmm. the what U.S. Mm-hmm. Conference of Catholic Bishops, mm-hmm. a very conservative group of Catholic leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this is not the first time they did this. They uh, used the same logic to oppose the 2013 Violence Against Women Act, which would 
uh, provide more funding to prosecuting cases against uh, of violence against women. They said. <clears throat> Quote, all persons must be protected from violence, but codifying the classifications, quote, sexual, sexual orientation and, quote, gender identity as it's contained is problematic. The two classifications are unnecessary to establish the just protections due to all persons. They undermine them. Essentially, they're saying they don't believe in hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to support people who are victims of hate crimes because yeah. it would mean acknowledging the existence of trans right. people. Uh, supporting same-sex relationships. And yeah, those conservative bishops. Again, I know we've <sighs> you alluded to this. There are people, about half the Catholic Church supports LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would leave the church. I know there are other reasons to stay in it mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with that. But it would mean a lot more if the people who cared about that and saw that as a deal breaker acted on it and mm-hmm. stopped giving money to the Catholic churches in their communities. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm not surprised. I think that reporting, because that happened in 2019, but it came out this week uh, from the National Catholic Register about another story. And it's like, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Can you go back and explain how they oppose this again? Like people didn't talk about it as much at the time, but it's getting more attention today. Um, There is a speaking of which what's Biden's religion. He's Catholic. He is Catholic. Apparently, um, there's two things that came out in a survey this week. This is from the Pew uh, Research Center. They asked people, you know, what is Biden's religion if without any prodding? And only 58% of Americans could answer that without any prodding, which is low, but also whatever. That right. I, okay. Um, but they asked, uh, is Biden... Do you think Joe Biden mentioned... I'm sorry, I want to make sure... How religious do you think Joe Biden is? Different question. Okay. How religious do you think Joe Biden is? 88% of Democrats said he was very religious or somewhat religious. Okay. Um, I'm kind of baffled by the people, the 9% of Democrats who said he's not too religious, which, really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, But 36% of Republicans only said... Joe Biden is very or somewhat religious. What? They don't think he's religious because even though he wears his religion on his sleeve and goes to mass every week and talks about its Catholicism all the time, Uh well, he's not really like anti-gay and anti-abortion enough for them. Therefore, he's not really a true Catholic. Gross. By their minds. Um, They also said, thinking about Biden and his views on abortion, do you think he should be allowed to receive communion in the Catholic Church? Um, 87% of Democrats said yes. Mm -hmm. 44% of Republicans said yes, which, again, is weird because more than half of practicing U.S. Catholics support abortion rights. Apparently, a giant batch, 55% of Republicans say none of these people deserve to get communion, which means they're not real Catholics either, in a oh sense. Oh, boy. Um, which is just like, it baffles my mind that we know Biden is Catholic. He knows he's Catholic. He talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But there are people who refuse to acknowledge his Catholicism. Just, I mean, it's one thing when they're like, but there's no way Obama's Christian. Like, they did that to him, too. And now they're doing it to the white guy because he's not the right brand of hateful Catholic. And, like, let's not forget who the last guy was, you know? <laughs> right. But he's, yeah, Trump is totally Christian. Yeah. Um, maybe the funniest thing about the survey, uh, as far as you know, what is Kamala Harris's religion? I actually don't know. Presbyterian. Uh, you would have 
that would go under Protestant and you would have been right. Fuck but yeah. she's, she's Baptist. Oh. Um, so whatever. What's amazing. 65% said not sure. And only, uh, 80, I'm sorry. Only 12% actually said Protestant, which is the right answer. 88% didn't give the right answer or they said they're not sure which like nobody knows what kamala harris is yeah honestly like i'm happy with that kind of thing i don't need to know the religion of my of like the people who represent me unless that religion is getting in the way of them like you know letting me exist Yeah. yeah um i got one last story for you on my end here which i wanted to talk about which involves a a boy scout in colorado he's 16 his name is michael forget his last name it's all right doesn't matter he's 16 he's a boy scout he wants to become an eagle scout and part of that involves doing a project kind of like a doctoral thesis but the boy scout version of it okay and so what he did is he said i want to create a monument in a local cemetery to honor veterans a very boy scoutish type of thing to do he actually got local donors to donate fifty thousand dollars to creating a real big monument so i mean good for him i'm sure that'll work yeah he even got the city to help him out to modify the space in the local cemetery like the city's uh resources they got they removed grass Mm. they dug up the dirt in that area so he could get the monument built in that space so i mean as far as the boy scouts are concerned that's a pretty righteous thing to do that's great all right um, here's where it gets problematic. Oh, God. Here's what the etching says on the memorial. Mm. Only two defining forces... This is a quotation. I'm not sure where it's coming from, but this is the in quotation marks. Only two defining forces have ever offered to die for you. Jesus Christ and the American soldier. One died for your soul. The other died for your freedom. <sighs> Brother. So it's a Christian memorial. Like, I guess... That's a signal to Jewish soldiers. You don't uh-huh. count. Atheists, you don't count either. Um, okay. And then a separate problem with it is that above the the gravestone markings, there are the symbols, the official logos of the six U.S. Armed Forces branches. Uh-huh. Like, here's the Army logo, whatever. But the Army has a rule. They say you cannot use army logos military logos i should say in uh, what's the exact wording here you cannot use it um to promote religion in any way huh. that's i'm i'm paraphrasing that but that is basically the oh here it is uh the Chances that the Department of Defense will approve a request to use their logos are essentially zero because the regulations make it clear that the use of its military branch logos cannot be used to further any partisan, religious, or political objectives, which is a good rule, and also this is a violation of that. Uh-huh. But So there's two issues here. Why is the city helping this guy create a Christian memorial? Mm-hmm. That shouldn't happen. And so the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, uh, this is run by Mikey Weinstein, they sent a letter to the city warning them of these issues and saying, like, you need to not do this right. uh, or you need to take it back or you need to change the memorial or move it to a church property, a private mm-hmm. property, whatever. And also the military symbols. And the, the city basically wrote back and said, now nah, we're good. Um, I'm paraphrasing. They're like, we're not changing it. Everything's fine there. Um, And so I don't know what's going to happen here. The city, the city is ironically called Monument Colorado. area. They've basically gotten the help of the right-wing legal group First Liberty, which these are not lawyers who are good at church-state separation issues. Right. And they're 
they're they're in a couple different legal jams here. I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't want to I don't want to blame this on the kid, but like whatever, he's 16, he should have known better, he didn't. But the city definitely should have known better cuz they're going to get this on two fronts now with a church state separation issue yeah. and the use of the military logo issues. And again, you could have easily built this monument on church property. I'm sure churches would have gone along with it. You could have done it on your own somewhere else. You mm-hmm. didn't. You got the city's help to do it on a public cemetery. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the best part. Oh. That's what I was looking for. Okay. You know what the city did to get around the church-state separation issue? Oh, Jesus. According to First Liberty, which wrote back and said, there's no issue anymore, um, they said they have sold the little tract of land The city sold that little bit of property to the family of the boy. Just that little tiny bit. So it's actually private property now. (laughs) It's not. And so Military Religious Freedom Foundation wrote back and they said, well, we have some questions then. What was the price of the land? Was it fair market value? Uh, Who will be maintaining that now private Christian proselytizing veterans memorial and its surrounding grounds? What clearly observable measures will the town of Monument be immediately employing to ensure that visitors to the cemetery will have clarity that that is a private monument and not a public one? Mm-hmm. And also, you still have the problem with the military logo. Yeah, it didn't solve that. Yeah. So this is what happens with First Liberty's involvement. <laughs> because again, when you when you, they're not paying for the help, like First Liberty is going to fundraise off of it, but they're not paying for the help. But First Liberty doesn't understand these legal issues. So when you have these people right back saying, don't worry, they just sold it. It's private property now. That actually opens the door to more legal problems. Right. And so that's what's happening with the cemetery. That does feel like a maybe if we do this stupid thing, they'll just leave us alone. (laughs) Yeah. And again, if they're selling off tracts of land in that cemetery, I know some Satanists who would have no problem raising money oh, for a yeah. similar cause. Yeah. I will pitch in for that effort. Absolutely. I'm done. I'm okay. By the way, as we are recording this, the Major League Baseball has announced that the All-Star Game will not be played in Atlanta because of the racists there. Yay! Um... Can you... Are you watching Cubs games, and how are you doing it? Because we can't uh, get marquee... Oh, really? Opening day was yesterday. It was on in the background. Was I watching it? That is debatable. It was on. But you can watch it. I can legal. I can. Yes, I can watch it. I just wasn't really into it. Yeah. No, Mikey is. We're not thrilled in this household because we can't seem to get marquee. Um, And so the Cubs used to be broadcast on WGN, which is why there's such a huge um, Cubs following around the country is that they were broadcast on WGN, which played all over the place. Um, and now we can't fucking find it anywhere. So apparently they reached it like, cause they tried to do their own, like the marquee network is trying to be the Cubs network and they're just screwing the pooch so fucking hard. It's very frustrating. That is annoying. Um, yeah, I just have one more story about, um, in Oklahoma, um, there was a, uh, there's a school called the Frederick public schools. Um, and a parent, uh, is demanding action because the her daughter's teacher allegedly used a classroom to call transgender and gay lifestyles sinful. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, uh, so this woman's name is Dawn Snodgrass. She said her daughter uh, called her um, 
she was, everybody was super upset. Um, this, the teacher said it's sinful to be trans and change your body. It was very infuriating quote, because I have a lot of friends that are LGBTQ and the, and then I am. So uh, this 12 year old girl identifies as pansexual. Um, and so it's just, it's not great. And I wanted to bring it up cause it's been a really, 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 really shitty week for the trans community. Um, just law after law after law after law is is being thrown up there to try to just basically make their bodies illegal. Um, and so we're we're thinking of you and doing our best to to support y'all. And good for this child for calling out her teacher on that, yeah. making it a story. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been a, a rough one. It's been rough for trans rights. It's been rough for voting rights. It's all been been bad but but that's okay we're we're working on it right we've we're gonna get better question mark i don't know i was just trying to be comforting and i was just saying words because i'm very sad about everything um i think that's all i had to talk about did i i wanted to bring something else up but i can't remember so who cares well you can find me at haven't met on twitter you can go to friendlyatheist.com so go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Jess Blumke. Um, you can buy a cross stitch from me at bitches get stitches. Excuse me on the Etsy shop. Bitches get stitch done. Um, and yeah, that's Thank you for the kind words about my dad. Those were all very nice to read and he was really basking in it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we'll see you all next week. Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. All right. Bye.